Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The following program is brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio. Begin to be poured out upon all men. <laughs> this is that spoken by the prophet Joel. This is that spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, I pour out my spirit, saith the Lord. Bob Simons, the Tell It Like It Is radio show. It's a live radio show coming from Dickinson, North Dakota. 
And we are, I'm the pastor of the New Life Pentecostal Church here in Dickinson, North Dakota. And our address is 501 Elks Drive. And of course, you from D- Dickinson know that we bought the Elks building. So, so the, uh, we've got, in fact, I heard, I haven't heard, I, in fact, if the lady that counts how many people were in church today, she could text me. I, I, somebody said we might have had a record attendance today. I don't know because I wasn't there. I got mad at everybody and just decided not to come. No, that's not true. I was out of town, actually, went to a funeral in Oregon and uh, couldn't make it back in time for the service, but we made it for our jail services today, and I just got a report from our the team that goes down at the ladies' prison in New England. They had 12 ladies in the prison service there, so that was good to hear. We I want to say hello. The, the prize for the first person to text me tonight is Brother Schuler, listening in Grafton. Good to have him listening tonight. Grafton, North Dakota, you are listening to a live broadcast. Uh, Tell It Like It Is show sponsored by the New Life Pentecostal Church in Dickinson, North Dakota. And we are a church that uh, zeroes in on the Acts 238 message. I I will tell you this, that uh, we can argue and debate about all kinds of things, but you've got to obey Acts 238. Jesus said you must be born of the water and of the Spirit in John chapter 3. And Peter, on the day of Pentecost, he said the same thing, spelled it out for us exactly. He said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Man, I've got, (coughs) oh man, my phone's burning up. (coughs) People texting me, that's good. (coughs) Text me tonight. (coughs) I don't even think I gave out my texting number, did I? 701-290-7862. How do you people know this? I suppose uh, I haven't seen Donald Trump texting me yet, President Trump. Does he have my number memorized, do you think? I'd like to talk to him. I really would. The um, But uh, you can text me tonight, be part of the program that way. You can also um, you can also um, email me, robertsimons58 at gmail.com. That's another way you can do it. So there's all kinds of different ways that you can, you can uh, get a hold of me and... Uh, it was good to be with my, my uncle, my 91-year-old uncle living out in Roseburg, California. I went to see him, or Roseburg, Oregon. I went to see him also this last week, and good to see that he's going to a, a Pentecostal church out there that believes the Acts 238 message, 91 years old, and that's pretty neat to see that. I think I'll start the broadcast off with a little song I wrote years ago, and I haven't sung it for years. Hope I can still remember the words. But the word, it's just uh, about a little word in the Bible. One of the things I love about the King James Version, it's a, it's a very good translation, and it's very accurate. It was translated uh, before there was a lot of divisions amongst uh, the different uh, denominations, so it wasn't written with a slant to it, like a, like a Baptist slant or a you know, uh, that type of slant. It was written just to get a good English translation. That's why I think it's very accurate. Uh, John 316, there's a little word in the King James that's there, and that's what this song is about. It's a funny thing what a little word can mean. It's a funny thing what a little word can mean. When God wrote his book, such great care he took 
Not to miss any little word I can show you what I mean John 3.16 There's a little word that means so much to me The word is so God so God so God so So, because it would his love show, a love that he had for you and me. You see, God had a plan, come in the form of a man, to die so we could be free. Yes, he suffered and he died on the cross, crucified. Gave his life on Calvary. He loved me so. He loved you so. God so. God so loved the world that he gave. 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 It's a funny thing. What a little For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That little word so does, it means that God didn't just love the world, but he so loved the world. He loved you, he loved me. This is the Tell It Like It Is radio show, and you are tuning into a live broadcast, live music. We've got live people here. One of the live people is named Abe. He's running the controls. We've got another one that's uh, manning the phones if anybody calls in. That's Daniel. He's a live person. Yep, he looks live to me. And uh, they uh, are helping me in the studio tonight. And if you do, if you're local or if you want to call in, it's uh, 225 5133. 
And that's uh, 1701-225-5133. You can talk to Daniel. Uh, he's um, he's uh, all the all the Pentecostal girls listening. He is single, so nice-looking guy. Um, doesn't have a whole lot of money yet, but he does have a pickup that's paid for. Isn't that right? So that's that's a plus. And how old are you? You're not 18 yet, are you? 17. Okay. Well, he's not going to get married anytime soon anyway. I want to read your – I want to turn – I want to – I was going to say read your attention to, but I think I'll turn your attention to and read Philippians chapter 3. This is the Apostle Paul in verse 12, kind of breaking in a little bit on what he's talking about, but I think it will make sense to you. He said, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend – that for which I also am apprehended of Christ Jesus. That's a pretty cool verse. He's chasing Jesus, and Jesus caught him. Verse 13, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, or I, Paul's saying, I haven't arrived yet, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I want to just talk about this. I want to just um, kind of zero in on a portion of this verse tonight in um, where the Apostle Paul said that one thing I do, I forget those things which are behind, and I reach forth unto those things which are before. These um, these verses are um, very meaningful to me, and I have to say that that what I'm going to talk about tonight is one of the very first revelations that I ever I ever received, I suppose, from the Lord. And when I talk about revelation, I'm not talking about some spooky thing, but I'm talking about an understanding that God gave me. Boy, you make a lot of noise. Tim just rolls his chair in here. I thought he was driving a Mack truck in here. Good to have Tim in the studio with us tonight. The, um, but anyway, this, this idea that I need some things that I don't need to ever look back on. And um, and I want to talk about it tonight. I just barely touched on it at the jail services today. I just read this verse and we talked about it. There are uh, we could talk about that even maybe some of you that have had had great success. Maybe you've lived for God, done wonderful things. I think this applies to you too. I don't think we want to look back. I want. I think we always want to keep looking forward. I don't think we want to look back because once we look back, then then our greatest days. And the things we did for God are behind us, and I don't think that's what God intended. I'm 59 years old, and I'm I'm planning on doing greater things for God in the future than I did in the past, and uh, and I feel like that's important. But I don't necessarily know that Paul was talking about this exactly, although he could have been talking about this. But I will tell you that Paul, before the Bible called him Paul, he was called Saul. He was from a city called Tarsus. And Saul had persecuted the early Christians and, and had thrown them in prison, and I think even some had died there. And so Paul, when he said in another scripture that Jesus Christ came to save sinners, who I am chief or I am the, the greatest sinner that ever lived, Paul wasn't just saying that like some of us say that, but he was saying that I think he really meant it and possibly could have fulfilled it. He was as bad a person as could be, splitting up homes, throwing Christians in prison, and possibly even <coughs> some were killed, and we know Stephen was killed. <coughs> and so Paul was saying here that he didn't look back. Now, there are some things in life, and, and I've got to make these uh, disclaimers tonight because 
I don't want anybody to get the wrong idea on this program. I'm not talking about your responsibilities. I'm not talking about things that you can uh, do something about, um, amends that you may need to make to people, um, uh, forgiveness that you need to seek from others. I'm not talking about any of those things. If there's something that you could make right, it needs to be made right. Uh, that's some of you that have been involved in AANA, you know what the serenity prayer is talking about. Of course, that, that, uh, you know, we've got to change the things we can change, accept the things we can't change, and then the wisdom to know the difference between those. And certainly that's a good prayer and that's a good, good thought, and that's kind of what this is going to be about tonight. Not the serenity prayer, but just this idea. But God wants us, we have to get to the place where when we ask God for forgiveness, that we don't look back. We, we believe him, that he forgave us, and we don't have to sit and take and carry that stuff around with us all the time. And I, I believe that. I believe that about my own personal life, and I believe that the people that I've seen that have had victory with God uh, realize that. You know, we, we have to somehow come to the place where we, when we understand that God has forgiven us, not to keep living in those old mistakes that we made. There are some people listening tonight maybe that have messed up things in their family. Maybe you're divorced. Maybe maybe uh, your children, um, you know, you lost custody of your children. Who knows what? who's listening to me tonight? I have no idea. But some of those things maybe cannot be fixed. Or it seems like there isn't anything you can do to fix it. And this is what Paul is talking about here, at least one of the things he's talking about that I'm not going to look back. You know, many times, and, and I've, I've given this advice out so many times over the years, so many, many, many times, but many times it seems like we have a hard time telling when it's God convicting us of something or the devil condemning us for something. And I'm going to tell you that the, the easy way to tell this, there is an easy way because they seem similar. When you feel condemnation from the devil or conviction from God, sometimes they seem similar. They seem like you feel bad. They, maybe you're restless. Maybe you're losing sleep. Maybe uh, you you are uh, just disturbed. But I can tell you the way that to tell the difference is if God is talking to you, it's about something that you can either do something about or it's something that you're thinking of doing that's wrong. That's conviction from God. But when the devil's talking to you with condemnation, it's about things that you can't do anything about. You can't fix them. You've already apologized for them. And there's nothing you can do to change it. And the devil loves to beat us up with that. Now, I'm going to read another scripture in Micah chapter 7 and verses 7 through 9. And I love this verse. In fact, there's a, a, a lady at our house tonight that, that this verse always reminds me of her just because of a youth camp she went to many, many years ago and how this scripture meant so much to her at this youth camp because she was a, a young lady that had felt like she had messed up and and that it, maybe it was over, maybe she had you know done something so bad that God wouldn't want her back. And at a youth camp one year, a, 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 a minister preached out of Micah chapter 7, <coughs> verses 7 through 9, and this is what it says. Therefore, I will look unto the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. Rejoice not against me, O my enemy. When I fall, 
I shall arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. I will bear the indignation of the Lord because I have sinned against him. Until he plead my cause and execute judgment for me, he will bring me forth to the light, and I shall behold his righteousness. Rejoice not against me, verse 8 says, O my enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. To rejoice about somebody that messes up or or makes a mistake shows that you have a rotten spirit. And, of course, Satan has a rotten spirit. He loves it when people fall. He loves it when people mess up. You know, that's why David said when Saul died, he said, don't publish it in Gath. Don't, don't tell anybody. Don't talk about it. And I think that's probably a good good thing. <clears throat> you know, there there are there are things that you know we we it is so important that we make every avenue. You know, uh, let let me just say this: several years ago, I was visiting with some people, and there were three three people in my living room. It was late at night, and um, and they were talking. Two of the people there were people that had walked away from God. And they were talking about when they come to church, all they feel is condemnation. And I told these people, I don't know what kind of church you've been going to, but that's not the church I ever have been going to. Because when I go to a Pentecostal church, and the Pentecostal church I pastor here in Dickinson, North Dakota, when a backslider walks into that church, everybody's excited. Everybody's happy. Everybody is looking for God to do something in their life. <clears throat> in fact, if you're a backslider and you come into our church this next this coming Wednesday, that's our next service, Wednesday night at seven thirty. If you've walked away from God, there isn't anybody gonna be there that's gonna be upset at you. Because we are happy that you're there. You see why? Because we believe that it's not the things that were done in the past. We can leave the past in the past. You can make a new start. You know, uh, Tim, I was out in Oregon at, at the ocean, and, and what, what a rugged ocean it was. I mean, it was just gigantic boulders and crashing waves, and it was just, it was just like violent, like, like a, kind of like you were looking at the earth when it was first built or something. It was just gigantic uh, holes and rocks, caves where waves were crashing through. It was just amazing. And the, the people I was with said yesterday on this beach, the beach had a sharp incline. Like the whole beach had an incline, like you were, it was, it was kind of steep, like it was all pointing towards the ocean. But the morning we walked on it, it was level, full of sand. And in one night, the sand had filled in that beach, and it was a giant beach. And the reason I told that story is when you make a start with God, it's always brand new. You're not going to start with God where you left off. That's just like the old saying, you're, you're never going to step in the same river twice, and that's too. You'll never step in the same river twice. It'll always be different. And when you come back to God, it'll always be different. That's why when we moved to Dickinson 29 years ago, we we got to pick the name of the church. And the name that we picked was the New Life Pentecostal Church. And the reason we picked that name is because I believe that you can forget the things in the past. You can make a brand new start with God. Some people drink because they don't want to remember the past. That's why they drink. I'm telling you what, you can make a brand new start. You can God can start all over again.
It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter whose bed you've been sleeping in. You can make a brand new start with God. This is the Tell It Like It Is show. Text me tonight, 701-290-7862. You can call into the studio, talk to Daniel, 701-225-5133. question was raised as my conscience fell A silly little lie It didn't mean much, but it lingers still In the corners of my mind Still you call me to walk on the edge of this world To spread my dreams and fly the future so far My heart is so frail I think I'd rather Stay inside But you love me
Tell it like it is show. Good to have you uh, listening tonight. All the texts. Good to have everybody texting me. Uh, good to have the calls in the studio tonight. And we've got uh, Hostetlers in Pennsylvania. We've got Carl and Jeannie listening in Michigan. Uh, we've got some Woodses listening in Beulah. Uh, we got some Lees that are tuned in. Uh, Lori's listening. Sierra from Arizona. Kathy from <coughs> from Belfield. And I'm missing some. Uh, we've got <coughs> Jason and Daniel listening in Fargo tonight. And you know what? That scripture you texted me was a whole different twist on not looking back, too. One, you know, one thing is don't look back at the uh, the old days and think they were the good old days if they were the old days that you didn't know God because you'll end up being back there. You know, I, I'm not even going to cover that tonight, but I, that's really good. That's a th- kind of a third thing that we could have discussed on that scripture about don't look back. Uh, don't look back. That would go along with what Jesus said, any man putting his hand to the plow. Uh, n- not to look back, and so uh, the uh, we've got. Uh, appreciate all the people that are helping tonight in the program, and um, we've got all those that are listening tonight. So thankful that you are. We're talking about this concept of things in our life that we just have to move on. That we can't just live in the past. The past mistakes, especially that we're talking about tonight. Uh, we don't want to live in these past past mistakes. Uh, you know there is, um, you know there, there are people, especially many of the people I've met in my jail ministries over the years, that are held back by their past. Uh, many of them have made some terrible mistakes, and so many times they don't even want to uh, try because of that. And uh, and I'm just telling you that that is not God telling them that. Revelations chapter 12 and verse 10 calls Satan the accuser of our brethren. And he accuses us before our God day and night, Revelation 12 and 10. 1 Peter 5, 8 says, Be sober, be, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Now, I know that we, a lot of times, will we'll put this... And, and make it into sin, like we'll, we'll say, you know, he's going to devour us through temptation. And that's true, and certainly that verse means that. But it also could mean that he would destroy us through the guilt that many people suffer through. You know, I, I, um, my approach to uh, people sometimes is a, is a harsh approach, I suppose. I, I think I think that I I do well with that type of an approach on my own life. I like people to tell me, you know, tell it like it is, Pastor Bob. That's that's the way my pastor was, and I guess that's the way I am. But I also know that there are people that when you tell them they've messed up, and you tell them that, you know, you're going nowhere and your life's a disaster, that many times they look at you like, yes, I know that, and you, you know, I might as well just quit because I'm never going to be any. I'll never make it. That's of course not the reason I would tell them that. I remember telling a man one time I was very upset with him. He had <clears throat> got drunk. His family was worried, so worried about him. Didn't know where he was. Gone all night long. When he finally showed up at my house, I um, I just thought you know I saw him show up and I thought I'm going to go tell. I'm going to give him a piece of my mind. 
And I went out and told him he was a big loser. I said, I can't believe anybody would do this. Just be gone all night long, get drunk, not call your family, not let anybody know where you were. And I thought, of course, I was helping the situation, but he looked at me and said, you're right. I'm just a big loser. I'll always be a big loser. You see, this is the condemnation. This is the this is the uh, the way that our adversary, the devil, works. You make a mistake, you quit. Now, our our verse in Micah said, "Rejoice not against me, O my enemy. When I fall, I shall arise." You see, you see with the what gives us the power to get back up again is because with God, His mercies are new every single morning. You know, uh, one of Satan's main ways of devouring us is through temptation and then failure and then the accusation. You know, Satan accused Job. Um, He accused Job of not loving God. To God's face, Satan did it. Job chapter 1 and verse 9. Satan told the Lord, he said, Does Job fear the God for not? In other words, you made a hedge around him. Job doesn't love you, God. He's just serving you for what he can get out of it. That's what that's what Satan told the Lord. You know there is a um, there is a uh, uh, there there is there is a message of hope here tonight that I'm going to try to get across. I want to get across to you that that there we don't need to look back at some of these things. You know, um, there are people that spend their whole life living in regret. And many times they'll say words like this, which are words that I'm going to prove to you. They don't make any sense whatsoever. And please stop saying them. Uh, I can't forgive myself, Pastor Bob. Can't forgive myself. I just can't. You know, or it took me forever to forgive myself. Well, just let me tell you something. You don't need to forgive yourself. It doesn't matter if you forgive yourself. That means nothing to anybody. When you say you can't forgive yourself, what you really mean to say is, I feel bad about what I did. That's what you mean. But you don't have to forgive yourself because God will forgive you. This isn't up to us. You don't have to forgive yourself. Many years ago, the first time I ever went to the state penitentiary, there was a man in the penitentiary whose name was August Vogel. They called him Augie. I had not met him before, but I had heard of him. He was in there for a double murder. He killed two brothers. And he put them back in bed in their house and burned the house down to try to make it look like an accident. The problem was he put the two men in the wrong bed. Each brother was put in the wrong bed, and so that's how they caught him. When I was out at the state pen, the first time I was ever there, and I was, I suppose, a little nervous, and Augie looked at me. Of course, I didn't know him. He didn't know me. He goes, why are you staring at me? We were in this room, and uh, and I knew who he was. I said, well, I'm not staring at you. He said, you were staring at me. I said, I was not staring at you. He said, well, I saw you staring at me. And he said, you're staring at me because I'm a murderer. That's why you're staring at me. He said, but I'm going to tell you this. There's not a day that goes by that I don't feel bad about what I did. But he said, I'm going to the same heaven that you are because Jesus forgave me. That's what he told me. You see, it wasn't important that he could forgive himself. 
But it was important that God would forgive him. And this is why we've got to learn to forget some of the things in our past. Now here again, please don't run with this. Don't say that I'm telling you not to make amends. Oh, yeah, well, I don't have to pay my child support anymore. Pastor Bob said, forget what I did in the past. No, that's not what I said. But what I'm saying is, if you messed up your family and you have to pay child support, you go ahead and pay that child support and you pray for your children. But there are some things you may never be able to fix yourself. And you've got to learn to accept those things and accept God's forgiveness. You know this. Um, you know this. Um, when Paul, the Apostle Paul said in First Timothy one, he said, "I'm I'm the chief of sinners." Uh, he said, "Who was before a blasphemer, a persecutor, and injurious, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly, in unbelief." And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with the faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. You know, um, interesting to me that the Apostle Paul, he was Saul of Tarsus. Of course, uh, the Bible said when he was persecuting the Christians, that many of them fled as far as Antioch. So in Jerusalem, Tim, when, when Paul was persecuting the Christians, many of these people left for their lives. Now, they left for their lives, but they didn't maybe have their husbands with because they were imprisoned and even killed. And here these people, these fragmented families, made it as far as Antioch. The Apostle Paul became a Christian, Christian and Barnabas took him to Antioch. And they made Paul became the pastor of the church of Antioch. Now, Tim, think about this. He was the pastor in the church where there were people in his church that were missing loved ones because before he was a Christian, he was instrumental in maybe their deaths. And now he's their pastor. You see, God's people are very forgiving people. And the Bible said this about the people in Antioch. They were first called Christians in Antioch. Why? Because they were acting like Jesus. I had a guy at the jail tonight. He said, you know, he said, I I, I got a question for you. It was a little bit off the topic, but we were at the end of our service. And he said, here's my question. My dad said, if I commit this particular crime, that he doesn't want anything to do with me anymore. That's what he said, isn't it? And he said, how can I fix that? And I told him, I said, people are really forgiving. They really are. But you're going to have to straighten out because your dad sounds like he's mad at you and disappointed. And so so we have to change, but people will forgive us and God will forgive us. You know, don't keep running the same stuff over and over and over and over again. Uh, you know, I, I'm very... Uh, I, I, I really believe this. The only difference between the people that are going to go to heaven and the people who are not going to go to heaven are the ones that are going to go to heaven is when they make a mistake, they're going to get back up. I'm really convinced of this. I, I'm so convinced of it that um, that I don't think anybody can convince me otherwise. I Because I, I've watched it. I've been in the ministry many, many years. I've been in the church now many, many years. 
And I have seen people make mistakes and get up and keep going. You know, one of the things about my jail ministry, boy, there's lots of people texting me tonight. Uh, one of the things about my jail ministry is that I see, um, I see people, you know, they come faithfully to church. And Tim, you're involved with that. You're, you're, you're with, and they'll come faithful, I mean, faithfully to the church while they're in the jail. They get out of jail, maybe come to our church service one or two times, and then they'll quit. And the reason they quit sometimes is this. Well, Pastor Bob, I went out and got high, and I don't want to be a hypocrite, so I just quit coming to church. I don't, you know, I don't want to disappoint you. I didn't want to see you. I didn't want to tell you. And I'm, I've told those people many times, that's dumb. I, I don't know if Stormy's listening to me tonight from the Philippines. I haven't looked, checked my emails yet. <coughs> he may be listening to me tonight. But this is an old truck driver that I met in the county jail. And Stormy uh, started coming to church. You know, he started coming faithfully, had a change in his life. He wasn't perfect, but he was, he'd always say, he said, I'm, I'm not what I should be, but thank God I'm not what I was. And, but one day, uh, he, he, uh, he called me and he, he was drunk. And I told him, Stormy, he goes, you know, I, he got drunk and he was a mess. And I said, Stormy, I said, you know what I should do is just come and kick you in the rear end. And I said, just get going, you know, get back up, just don't quit. Uh, and he made several mistakes. He was locked up out in California. He was driving truck, and he, he was using drugs again. But but I'm telling you, I'm not for that. I don't believe you have to do that. I think you can live victoriously for God. But I will tell you that you need to forget the things in the past. You know, when Satan whispers in your ear, you don't deserve to go to church. You don't deserve Jesus' love. You don't deserve Jesus' forgiveness. You go ahead and tell Satan, yeah, you're absolutely right. And so your point is what, Satan? That Jesus can't forgive? Your point point is what, Satan? That the blood doesn't work for sin? What What's your point, Satan? You see, God wants to make beauty for ashes. He wants to make something beautiful out of something that's flawed. This is the Tell It Like It Is show. Play a quick song or just part of a song. Hey, I'm going to check my messages and you can... Text me tonight, 701-290-7862. It seems I've walked a mile to this altar. I can feel every in this crowd watching me But you know I can't go on All my pride is gone Lord, I'm begging for forgiveness Down on bended knees from
We're kind of pulling that song down. We're running out of time tonight. This is the Tell It Like It Is radio show. Um, Pastor Gordon called in. Good to hear from him. And uh, he uh, is listening tonight. And he's just a really, really neat pastor. Got a lot of history. Got a great sense of humor. I have not talked to Pastor Gordon for quite a while, but uh, it's good that he called in tonight. He has a website. It's called aholyroller.com. I believe it is aholyroller.com. And the um, and so you can check him out that way. He's written some books. Uh, he's uh, crazy in a good way. And uh, and he congratulated us on our new church building. Thank you. Good to have Sky listening tonight. And uh, good to have her listening. Um, Samson and Nettie are listening tonight. And I mentioned some of these other ones. Lori, um, we've got, um, let's see, who do we have here? We've got uh, Danny from St. Cloud, Minnesota, listening tonight. He wants me to promote the, um, there's a marriage seminar this weekend at the uh, Changing Lives Tabernacle in West Fargo. That's a long ways from Dickinson, but but um, if you want to uh, find out some information about that, I have actually information about that. So good to have everybody listening tonight. We're talking about the, um, we're talking about this this concept of forgetting the things that are in the past and looking forward. And this 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 applies to our marriages. Uh, you you're in a marriage. Uh, maybe there's been some terrible mistakes made. Uh, we need to just forget about those things. You know, we need to look forward. We need to quit bringing them up. One of the things about uh, uh, about marriage, what I call clean fighting and dirty fighting, when I'm doing marriage counseling, clean fighting is, and of course, fighting's the wrong word, but. You know, many times in marriages you'll have arguments, you'll have disagreements. But always keep them to what you're talking about. Like if, let's say, you know, the number one thing couples fight about is money. So let's talk about what we're talking about instead of talking about things that have happened over the last 10 years. That's where I think it turns into dirty fighting. Like you're mad at your wife for something she did 10 years ago? Well, how dumb is that? How could she fix that? Or you're, you're mad at your husband for something he did 10 years ago? You see, we've got to let some of this stuff go. We've got to start over. And if you can't do it yourself, ask God to help you. Because, see, we've got to quit looking in the past. You know, um, in John chapter 8, we read the story of a woman taken in the very act of adultery by the religious leaders. And they threw her right down in front of Jesus, and they said, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that she should be stoned. What do you say? And he said, and, and they said this tempting him, that they could accuse him. And Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground as he heard them not. Like he wasn't, like he was acting like he was ignoring them. And they continued asking him, and he lifted himself up and said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. Again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. And when Jesus had lifted up himself, he saw none but the woman. And he said unto her, Woman... Where are those thine accusers? Has no man condemned thee? 
And she said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. You see, Jesus' point was that he, he had the power to forgive sins. And even though this woman was going to probably pay a terrible price for what she did, because we don't know the rest of the story, but she didn't have to worry about God holding it against her. In Luke chapter 7 and verse 36, let me just read this to you. And one of the Pharisees desired that Jesus would eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. And behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment and stood at his feet behind him weeping and began to wash his feet with tears and did wipe them with the hairs of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. And when the Pharisee, which had bidden him, saw it, he spoke within himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that toucheth him, for she's a sinner. And Jesus said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say against thee. And he said, Master, say on. There was a certain creditor which had two debtors. One owed him 500 pence, the other 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him the most? Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave the most. And he said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. He turned to this woman and said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman? I entered in thine house. Thou gavest me no water for my feet, but she has washed my feet with tears, wiped them with the hairs of her head. You gave me no kiss, but this woman since the time I came in has not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou didst not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee that her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. And he said unto her, Thy sins are forgiven. And they that sat at meat with him began to say within themselves, Who is this that forgiveth sins also? And he said unto the woman, Thy faith has saved thee. Go in peace. I'm going to have Abe just give out some quick um, announcements on how to get a hold of us. And I'm going to end the program talking about that story that I just read and maybe singing a little song about it. Well, we are from the New Life Pentecostal Church, and we're located here in Dickinson, 501 Elks Drive, right north of I-94. You'll see our church right from the road. And if you'd like to visit us on Sundays, um, there's Sunday school for adults and children at 10 o'clock a.m. And at 11 a.m., we have a worship service in Everybody is welcome to come and join us for that. And on Wednesday nights, um, we have a worship service as well, and that's at 7.30 p.m. And um, if you'd like to get a hold of Pastor Bob Simons, you can text him or call him, um, 701-290-7862 is his number. And also you can email him. His email is robertsimons58 at gmail.com. And also, if you're from the beach area and you'd like to go to Pentecostal Church, we have a daughter work from our church out in Beach, and they're holding services every Tuesday night at the Beach Community Center at 7.30 p.m., and you're welcome to go there as well. Thank you, Abe, and did a good job tonight. We've uh, Stormy is listening from the Philippines. Good to have him listening, my friend Stormy. 
tonight. You know, the story I just read before Abe gave out that information uh, is a story about a woman that that um, Simon, this Pharisee, she she got into his house and she began to wash Jesus' feet with her tears and with ointment. And um, and Simon thought if he was really a prophet, he'd know this woman was had been a prostitute. And Jesus told Simon a story, and he said, he said two people owed the same man some money, one fifty, one five hundred. But the man, they couldn't pay, so the man forgave them both. He said, which one loved him the most? And he said, I suppose the one that owed him the most. And Jesus said, this woman, her sins were great, and now they're forgiven. If you come to Jesus and you repent of your sins, you're washed, water baptized in the name of Jesus, the Bible says that our sins will be remitted or washed away. That's, that's even bigger than forgiven. That's forgiven and forgotten. You don't have to feel bad anymore when it comes to God. You really don't. We need to quit looking back. We really do. Because it won't do you any good. I promise you, it'll just bring you sorrow. When you lay your sins at the feet of Jesus, you need to trust that he forgives you. And when he does, you'll become beautiful to him. Crowds were in the street that day when Jesus came to town. And all the synagogue was there, more for miles around. So I asked him home for dinner, just to see what I could see from this famous local prophet from here in Galilee. I had no idea just how that woman got into the room But you couldn't miss her gaudy clothes Strong and sweet perfume She went straight to Jesus' feet Stopped and stood right there And then she cried Wet his feet with tears And dried them with her hair Now of all the women in my town None was more well known For the flagrant sin she'd lived in And the wickedness she'd sown But he didn't move to stop her Seemed this prophet couldn't tell That the woman who was touching him Was the kind they buy and sell And I had no idea just what this Jesus planned to do But he said, Simon... There's something I need to say to you. So I said, teacher, if it's on your mind, then tell me what you will. But as he began to speak to me, the room grew quickly still. Said, take a good look at this woman now. In spite of all her fears, she's kissed me and anointed me. Wash my feet with tears. She's honored me when you've been only rude to me instead. You gave no kiss of greeting, no anointing for my head. And her sins were red as scarlet, but now they're washed away. And the love and faith she's shown is all the price she's had to pay. For the depth of God's forgiveness 
is more than you can see. No matter what you think of her, she's beautiful to me. Well, my anger flamed to hatred. I wanted nothing more than to take this prophet by the throat, throw him out the door, to act like God, forgiving sins, and then speak so to me, this itinerant from Nazareth in backwoods Galilee. But instead I sat and trembled, shaken to the core. The woman still was weeping as she knelt there on the floor. Jesus turned to her, said, Your chains have been released. Your faith has saved you from your sins. Rise, walk in peace. For your sins were red as scarlet, but now they're washed away. And the love and faith you've shown is all the price you've had to pay. For the depth of God's forgiveness, it's deeper than the sea. And no matter what this world may think, you're beautiful to me. Lord Jesus, tonight as we close this program, God, I pray that you help people out there realize that we have hope. God, in you, hope of forgiveness, hope of a clean record with you. God, and a hope of tomorrow that we can start over again. God, and and start writing all over again in that book. Jesus, help us today. Help people to believe this, Lord. Help them, God, not to give up because of mistakes and failures in their life. We just pray today in Jesus' name. Amen. Appreciate everybody listening tonight and be back next Sunday night for a Tell It Like It Is radio show. We were supposed to have a special speaker on tonight, but he got stranded in Minneapolis in the snowstorm. So next week we'll be back. God bless you. Good night.
I want to do a shout out to Alicia because she just texted me and said I didn't mention her yet. So hello to Alicia. Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The preceding program was brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio.